When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Wrestling fans, and welcome to another edition of John Arizzi's Pro Wrestling Spotlight Podcast. We are the only podcast that brings you back 30 years to play some incredible vintage clips from that time period. In 1993, we featured some of the biggest names in the business at that time, and this episode is no exception. It's almost like a, a rewind to the previous episode. I'll tell you more about that in a second. The Pro Wrestling Spotlight covered all the news and breaking developments that happened in real time 30 years ago. We get to relive those moments right here on this podcast. Today, we review the May 1st, 1993 Pro Wrestling This Week program, which aired on 1440 WNYG in Babylon, New York. And we cover the Pro Wrestling Spotlight show from that same day on WEVD. And... As I mentioned previously, it's like a rewind. We will have both Paul E. Dangerously and Dave Meltzer on this episode. Uh, Paul E. calls in this time, and Meltzer is in New York for a reason we'll discuss when we get Marsh on. But uh, it should be an interesting show, some hilarity, and some really interesting stuff that happened 30 years ago this week. Today, we will review that show, and we will review... All of it with our friend Marsh, which I'll bring on in a second. Uh, but I do want to tell you and invite you to join our Patreon page. I talk about it every week. Our Patreon page gives you early access to the podcast, early access to the video podcast, the complete shows that we air each and every week. The archives is filled with over 200 shows of the Pro Wrestling Spotlight. All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash John Arezzi, five bucks a month get you in the door so you hear it every week if you haven't acted on it go to patreon.com slash john arezzi spend that five bucks a month and you get uh, an enormous amount of archives and there are other levels you could uh, explore while you're there to see if there's more content that you wish to be able to see and hear and experience each and every week I will be in New Jersey uh, by the time we tape the show. And by the time it's released to patrons, uh, I will have done the Tommy Fierro 80s WrestleCon. So we'll certainly talk about that on our next episode. So um, I'm really looking forward to that and uh, hope uh, that many of you 
that are in that New York area who attended uh, WrestleCon stop by to see me. We will give you a report next week. Let's bring on Marsh. He is uh, out there in Arizona with the brand new haircut. Uh, yep. Stylish for this late spring. Yeah, I got to clean up. It's getting hot out here. It's already breaking 90. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Arizona's rough. We get right into it. Wow. That is a little hot. Is that uh, is that typical for this time of year, or is it kind of standard for Arizona? I know it's hot out there. You know, I've never been the, like, uh, really follow the weather kind of a deal. Like, oh, it usually doesn't break till this, you know, but... It does feel a little earlier because usually we have what's called the break the ice contest on the local news where you guess the day it's going to break 100 and you win some like a gift card or something. Wow. But I think that's typically like June, July that usually that takes place. But we're really close already. So Yeah, that heat is, uh, as they say, it's dry heat. But, you know, what's the difference between dry heat and humid heat? I guess it just makes you sweat more if you're in the humid weather actually yeah humans a little more sweaty it's kind of like a if you ever open up an oven and put your head down real quick to look in that i've done that many times yeah uh that's dry heat that burning kind of immediately almost sizzle yeah yeah heat yeah we're like it doesn't make you sweat it just can kill you yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah just dries (laughs) you right out exactly but anyway we got a interesting uh, couple of shows today uh, especially that evening show i mean it was almost like a deja vu all over again with paulie and Meltzer. well we didn't have the morning show this week that is right because yeah. i know why too i found out when i uploaded next week's shows oh really there was a show that aired on nyg but it was a taped show and i don't even know what the content was because it wasn't in my archives so we only have the evening show. That's right, Marsh. We don't have the daytime show. It was on tape. And apparently so, that tape, I don't know what happened to it. So you pre-taped an entire May 1st episode and played it, and that got lost in the shuffle somewhere. Lost in the shuffle. It's nowhere to be found. Huh. That's, That's happened a few cool. times over the course of the show where some shows go missing. Right. But the interesting bit is you were recording these at the time. Right. Obviously, you had to. That's what you did. So then you would take that tape home every day and put it with your other stuff. Right. Yeah. Unless I was not unless I handed the tape in to the engineers at WNYG and I wasn't there in the day for whatever reason, maybe I had another obligation. So uh, and then I never got the tape back from um, from NYG or they recorded over it with something else or because you wouldn't have gone back for another day. They could have sold it for all I know. Yeah. You wouldn't have come back for a whole week. If you gave it to them like last week, theoretically, mm-hmm. and they played it the following week, then you wouldn't come back for a week. Yeah. A whole week with a tape there, they may not keep it. Right. Huh. That, that, who knows what would have happened if uh, I had access to Bruce Jacobs today, I'd give him a call. But I did reach out to Bruce. I reached out to the Power Twins, uh, brought by Sonny Blaze and Donnie Liable, to see if we can get this uh, reunion show scheduled. And hopefully, uh, We'll tape that next week. I already got confirmation from Broadway. He says he's available. I haven't heard back from the twins or Bruce Jacobs or Donnie, uh, but uh, I think Donnie's probably a go. We may have to. I want him on camera for that, I would think, Marsh. So you got to fly me out. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, even if we see the top of his head or the, you know, yeah. or the from the chin down or whatever, we, you know, I think he needs to be on uh, on camera. And the twins, if they're, you know, if we're lucky enough, they won't be sideways or they won't be in the same room on two different computers because uh, yeah. we've had all of those uh, problems with them in the past sure. when I was doing pro wrestling spotlight live during the pandemic year. So anyway. Every day's an adventure. <laughs> we'll figure it out for sure. What's interesting too, as I think about it, for your May first Pro Wrestling Spotlight episode, you never referred to the morning show. I didn't. So who knows what the what the recording was? Because you wouldn't have taken any callers. It probably maybe it was a best of or a repeat. It's got to be best of. Yeah, you wouldn't have just given them like two weeks old show. No, it had to be something that was a best of from who knows. I mean, that yeah, that, no. that is a mystery that will never be solved. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like obsessing over it like uh, like it's some sort of conspiracy. Like, what could it be? But it's like probably like you yeah. said, the best of. And when I look at the uh, tapes in the upcoming weeks, like I, I uh, communicated with Ron Scholar today. Mm. So uh, uh, he was on the... Um, uh, he was on an episode that was coming up, and it was the uh, what's t- today's the first. Mm. Uh, so he was on the uh, May eighth show, and uh, yeah, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, yeah, May eighth. Uh, and he's agreed to come on, but not next week because he's in Puerto Rico. So that's why I want to do the reunion show next week, and then the following re- week bring Ron Scholar on because he's in the studio for. He's on the air for the very first time. That's cool. Uh, and he talks all about that trip to Mexico where he almost got killed uh, when Jake the Snake got turned on Conan. Yeah, we're going to talk about why that happened today because that's on your uh, yeah on your show. But Ron explains it in great detail. That's fantastic. the entire angle, everything that led up to it, and yeah, uh, we're getting close to making that announcement uh, about the AAA coming to Los Angeles and. So lots of stuff going on. We got a lot of good uh, reminiscing to do over the next several months. Yeah. I wonder if that matches on tape somewhere. The Triple Mania 1? Is that what it was, Triple Mania? It was the very first Triple Mania. Yeah. Okay. Because wow. you just referred to it as a Triple A show, I thought. I don't remember you saying Triple Mania. No, they, I didn't know that much about it, but it was their yeah. first Triple Mania. It was... Okay, so then maybe I can find it. I don't know if they taped it. They should have, right? I would hope if it's your if you're calling it mania, you gotta tape it. <laughs> yeah, that is true. But yeah. maybe it's out there on social media. I'm sure we'll hear from people, and we'll see. Yeah, uh, getting a lot of response by the way. Before we start this, on some of the, I, I put a Facebook picture up, and I sent you the photo of Captain Lou Albano, a little bloody against Chief J Strongbow. Yeah, and that thing has now got five thousand nine hundred likes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, how does that happen? I mean, people just start sharing it because it's got 800 or 900 shares on it. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I don't, I'm clearly no master of the algorithm, but if the right thing catches and it's seen by the right person and they flip it, then yeah. it just catches wildfire, you know? Yeah, this thing has gotten uh, several hundred comments too. I think it's got like six or 700 comments now. I mean, it really freaked me out. I mean, and uh, I thought it was kind of cool, but let me give you the update right now as we're uh, getting ready to record here. Uh, I like the idea you're getting a bunch of notifications and you're immediately, your immediate thought is dread. Oh, no. <laughs> no, happened? I had to turn off notifications. Yeah. 
So uh, that one is now at, uh, and this is the picture I'm referring to. Yep. That I shot with a little Instamatic camera. I think it was in March of 74. Uh, 5,900 likes, 561 comments, and 777 shares. Yeah. That's only on Facebook. And then, of course, Instagram it did uh, quite well. And uh, Twitter it did okay as well. So you never know what you put up there. But uh, that's, our, that's our public group, Matt Memories, on Facebook. And there's a lot of great content. And all of those pictures that I post there get huge engagement now. So people yeah. are are really digging what I'm putting up. It's really cool and to check out too. Like it's like I never see them but like you don't send them to me before you post them. I see them like everybody else and there's constantly yeah. these ones where I look at it and go, "What? Like he's got yeah. this picture? Like yeah. it's insane. It's insane and yeah. such a cool follow." Yeah, it's really uh it's really tip of the iceberg too. <laughs> yeah. You know, my photography back then was really interesting because even with that Albano shot, I do remember. And and then I posted one with Andre the Giant when I was in Los Angeles. I put that one up um, a couple of days ago. Yeah, or actually yesterday. Yesterday. And that was January 1874 when I was at the Olympic Auditorium. It's gotten 234 likes. But I think why my photography, I got a good eye really fast is because before I had my press passes, I'd have to always run up to the ring and try to steal a shot or two before you get chased yes. away. Yes. And so I had to make sure that I took something that was like I captured uh, and then I rushed back to my seat. So by the time I got my press pass and had access, I think I became really good at uh, intuitively knowing when to take a good picture, you know? I know exactly what you mean. I was a photographer when I was a teenager as well. And I would try to, I would sneak into concerts. And at the time I, I it was the only way I was making money and I was like sleeping on couches and stuff. And I would take a broken camera and then my functional camera. So it looked like I had a bunch of extra equipment and I'd have camera bags strapped to my belt. So it looked like I had even more when they were empty. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, Oh, the band needs me there to take photos, but they didn't know me. So I didn't know how much time I'd have before they're like, who's this kid, get him out of here. Yeah. So, and to me, every single photo was a meal. So I got real good at not bracketing and just doing the single shot, make it matter. Like, make it I know matter. that pressure. Yeah, but it, it, the, it, people love the archives. They love that time period. Um, and I continue. I try to put three to four pictures up a week. They're great. They're great. How old were you in that? Because you said it was the first time you ever flew on a plane. Yes, I was 16. I was 16. about to turn 17 in just a few weeks. A, a week later, my that was uh, January 18th, 74. Uh, so I was 16 years old. That was my that's my mom's birthday, and January 25th is mine. So it was a, I was a week shy of being 17. Okay. And you were there with your folks? No, I flew out by myself. <laughs> it's a different day. And age, yeah, people yeah. were asking me about that. I said it's kind of I, I was good at the art of persuasion, and of course it yeah. was a trip to California. I was invited out there by Dr. Mike Leno, uh, who invited me, and we uh, spent. Uh, uh, the weekend with the Richard Dawson, the actors, uh, you know, the game show host, his kids, Mark and yeah. Gary, were big wrestling fans. Uh, but the thing I screwed up when I put that Andre picture up, I thought that was the same night he won the Battle Royal because he was in the Battle Royal that night. That was yeah. his first appearance at the Olympic Auditorium. But Black Gordman actually won it that night. 
Oh, and I was arguing with people for a little while yesterday saying, no, it, it was not Black Gordman in 74. Was, I was there, but yeah. I didn't, I guess I fucked up, you know, uh, because Black Gordman did. And then I looked back at my pictures from that night and I do see uh, Black Gordman, um, uh, John Tolis, Victor Rivera, all in the corner battling. And that was during the Battle Royal. And I didn't see Andre. So I said, and then I looked back and researched it. And I was like, holy shit, Black Gordman did win. Andre won the following year in 75. Oh. Where did you go back out the following year? No. All right. No, that was Just it. Curious. But that was like so cool because it was my grandmother who uh who paid the airfare for me and it was wow. uh, 179 bucks round trip on United Air Airlines out of JFK. Never forget it. Little birthday present. I guess, you know, she you know, she funded my first year of college, you know, too and um, so she, uh, she thought I had potential. You had the eye. Very cool. That's a little, I wanted to ask about that picture too. I know it's typically more for your Matt memories podcast, but I was curious about that a little bit. So, yeah. So anyway, let's, uh, we got a crazy, it's kind of a crazy show tonight, isn't it? It was a weird one. This was a really weird show. As I was listening to it, I was laughing at stuff. I was like, what is going on? The mood of it seems a little goofy. There's at one point, I have the clip of it too. You just start talking to Bruce and he just tells you, just take a call. Like he's like, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Like it was, a, it was a weird night. And it especially with the, the calls with, with Meltzer and with Paul E, as well as, you know, as we will get into, something really cool happened on one of the callers who called in who uh, attended Monday Night Raw the week before and got on national TV and he calls the show to talk about it. And of course, you found the clip. Yeah, I found the clips. We're going to play that. It's actually even weirder than that, the way, the way you just described it. So so we'll get to that. It's actually our third clip, so we'll we'll do that. But if you want, we can get, get right into it. Let's do it. You do talk about, before you get Donnie on, that there was a AAA show that had Conan versus Cien Cara. Cien Cara, yeah. And the loser must retire from Mexico was the stipulation. Yes. Jake the Snake interferes and costs Conan the match and you're trying to get Ron Scholder on the phone because you're worried about him. You haven't heard yeah. from him and you did not think that was going to be a very popular decision right. in Mexico to have Conan lose a loser must retire right. match. Right. And that's why they had to come to America to continue it. That's fantastic. The United States rather they had to come to the United States to, you know, to have the La Vrabencha is what they called. Fantastic. Uh, and then you also mentioned you're trying to get Eddie Gilbert on the phone as well as Jim Helwig. They both reached out and said they wanted to talk to you. Mm -hmm. And yeah. they both fell through. Yeah. Well, yeah. And Eddie was, uh, I guess he uh, said he was sick or something. Yep. Yeah. He says he's sick. And Jim Helwig, you find out before the end of the show that uh, he was caught up at the gym and forgot. Yeah, of course. So He was uh, busy working out. But uh, anyway, Paul uh, Gilbert does come on the June 5th, 93 shows. I'm looking at it here, and all of the notes say it's Paulie and Gilbert, and in brackets it says, crazy show. Whoa. So we have something to look forward to in early June. If 30 years ago you wrote that down as a note to yourself? Yes. That's insane. That you're just like, this was, yeah. this was crazy. That was, on the, that was on the cassette. <laughs> like, Especially crazy What is that going to sound like when I hear it for the first time in 30 years? And then, and then, how many times did you write that note on some of these other crazy shows we've heard? <laughs> Not almost a lot. never. 
right? So this has got to be crazy, crazy. Be if crazy, you yeah. didn't say that, but the other ones about right. honky tonk in that moment that yeah. I still think about every day. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it's you a, didn't write it then. It's entertaining, this show, isn't it? Yeah. It's I so like, fun. I like listening to it and laughing. But anyway, let's. I digress. <laughs> let's get into it. You get Donnie on the phone uh, to do the capsule and go over this week. What's happening, Don? Well, let's get right to it on the capsule. Sam Muchnick, one of the National Wrestling Alliance founders, is resting comfortably tonight in a St. Louis, Missouri hospital after undergoing open-heart surgery this week. Muchnick will be honored by his peers this coming weekend in St. Louis with a roast for his contributions to the sport. Smoky Mountain Wrestling, where things never seem to be dull, have two major shows coming up. Next Sunday in Knoxville, Tennessee, they will be presenting Volunteer Slam 2, then on May 15th, it's the last Tangle in Tennessee. Now, the main event for the Tangle show pitched Jimmy Cornette's Heavenly Bodies versus the Rock and Roll Express. Now, the added intrigue to this tag match is that whichever participant is pinned, they will be banished for good from F- SMW. And Dixie Dynamite was unmasked, and to few surprise, he turned out to be Scott Armstrong. Some interesting notes coming out of New England. Once again, the great killer Kowalski dons the tights as he will oppose the Duke of Dorchester, Pete Doherty, tomorrow in Bell Ricker, Massachusetts. This marks the fifth time in eight months that the killer has returned to the ring. No longer allowed to use the billing the Mountie due to the trademark rights owned by Titan Sports, Jacques Rougeau for upcoming bookings with Road Warrior Hawk is being advertised only as Canadian Law and Order. Several major league main events are on tap for this coming week in Japan involving American wrestlers, This Monday, World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion Hulk Hogan will oppose New Japan Wrestling's The Great Muta. And on Wednesday, May 5th, at the Kawasaki Baseball Stadium, in the spotlight on Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling Extravaganza, Terry Funk meets Onita in a brutal no-rope barbed wire cage exploding landmines match. Ouch. Exploding matches. Exploding rings. It's incredible. I've seen those matches on tape. Incredible. Now, now, this match, the ring is going to explode during the match. Incredible. They have all the little landmines hanging um, around where the ropes would be. And whenever uh, a wrestler or somebody, the referee, gets bangs into them, they explode. Wow. It, it looks like M80s going off. Uh, I've seen a match between uh, the last one that Onita had with Tiger Cheat Singh, and uh, the referee went to the ring wearing goggles because uh, of, of all the debris flying around, and their bodies and their boots were, were smoking from, from all the uh, gunpowder and whatnot. So that's brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Hope Terry, uh, hope Terry makes it back. <laughs> all righty. And to finish up on things here, we got it also staying in Japan. Congratulations are in order for Stan Hansen as he won All Japan Wrestling's Champion Carnival 93 tournament. Stan outdistanced all entrants and points. Fellow Americans Johnny Ace, Davey Boy Smith, and Steve Williams were among those who took part in the action. Turning to WWF news, it's official. The Lightning Kid is among the Federation's troop, and he debuted on last Monday night Raw show. Also, Captain Lou Albano appeared at the Manhattan Center on Monday. Albano was interviewed by Vince McMahon. Well, a few familiar faces have also resurfaced with World Championship Wrestling. Junkyard Dog and Jim the Anvil Neidhart. While the Blackhearts, a masked tag team from Florida, were also in a TV in Atlanta this week. Checking today's Major League match schedule, World Championship Wrestling had a card in Roanoke, Virginia, and the World Wrestling Federation had shows booked in Landover, Maryland, 
and in Uniondale at the Nassau Coliseum. Finally, from the scrapbook files on this date in wrestling history nine years ago, it was on May 1st, 1984, in National Wrestling Alliance action, Nature Boy Ric Flair went to a time limit draw in Portland, Oregon with Billy Jack Haynes, and it was in Raleigh, North Carolina that Tully Blanchard fell in defeat to Wahoo McDaniel. For the Pro Wrestling Spotlight, I'm Don Libel reporting. Capsule time, 11.08. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Donnie with another one. A good report from the kid. That one was dense. Yeah. It's interesting about the Lightning Kid, you know, him getting hired. And um, because I, when I uploaded next week's uh, or whenever we're going to do it in two weeks, if we have the reunion show next week. It, you, you guys, you're gonna, everyone's going to be fascinated when I talk about the direction of uh, Lightning Kid or the Kawabunga Kid, whatever they call him. Was it, um, they called him something else in the beginning, but yeah. I was really spot on from what I heard, and people are going to love it when they hear this. Well, I was impressed because we're going to play it next. Is the after you're done talking about the capsule, you talk more about Lightning Kid, mm-hmm. and so we'll talk about that too in just a minute. Because uh, you guys are talking about them building an entire division around him. Yeah, uh, he was but... he was probably feeding me information. You think so? Yeah, that's cool. I know you guys have been pretty close for a long time, like thirty plus years, man. Yeah, I've never heard. I mean, he introduced me to you to begin with yeah you know so i've never heard him say even remotely negative thing about you like he's always just thought so highly of you so really cool probably because i can't imagine because he's always been as long as i've known him really um he remembers like loyalties and remembers supporters Mm -hmm. and you never once knock a single thing he ever does in any of these. And you even Wade Keller's earlier times on here talking about what's going on out there with, with lightning kid. Like you've always been a big supporter of his. Yeah. I was just getting... uh, blown away. First time I seen him and then getting to meet him and, and developing a friendship with him and bringing him to my convention and giving him a table. And, and when he was really uh, known by just the ultra hardcores, uh, but he did real well at that convention. And then, George Napolitano was there and shot pictures. And then all of a sudden he's on the cover of George's magazines. And, and he just kind of thought that I opened uh, some pretty cool doors for him. You definitely, I'm sure got the New York market to know more about him. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you even interviewed him on, was a couple weeks back, you know, or a couple months back. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you definitely opened up a, a market to him that I think was, was probably hard to crack. Yeah. You know, yeah, there was so much competition, but when you stand out, when you're an elite performer like he was, um, and a nice guy, really a nice guy. I know he's had all so his good. problems and demons and all of that, like, uh, but he's just, he and I just, you know, when I got back in the business and he found out about it, uh, he was the first one to say, oh my God, I can't believe it's you. And, and then, you know, it just led to 
other stuff, and I respect him immensely. I really do. Me too. He's always been so good to me. Let's see. Oh, I was going to ask you, in here, you guys are really going in about the death matches and the landmine matches. Mm-hmm. I just think the juxtaposition is pretty interesting because we just get off talking about how hard it was to watch Vader versus Cactus. Yes. And the brutality of that. Yes. I do know that in a few years, you get really personally into ECW and their violence and stuff. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about the Japanese death matches at the time? Uh, I thought they were so unique, unlike anything I'd ever seen before. So I kind of gravitated to it. I mean, I felt a little apprehensive because there were people I know who were blowing themselves up over there. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was kind of like, all right, the business is changing. All right. So this is where we're going now. And eventually it would make itself to the States and ECW. But I was, uh, I, I wasn't joining them. And I was looking for tapes to see what the freak was going on over there. They are unique and crazy. Cause that's another thing too, is I didn't really start seeing any of those until honestly, like a couple years ago, mm-hmm. like really three years ago was the first real Japanese death matches I ever actually <laughs> brutal. Yeah. I mean, even though like, I mean, some of the explosions just look so fantastic and you, gotta feel like they're probably pretty safe on the inside in the center of it all because yeah. it's just a lot of like powder yeah but boom. when those alarms start going off you know when you watch those tapes and there's like those those uh, almost sound like air raid sirens yes and the countdown 10 9 you can say oh shit it's gonna blow up you know the ring is gonna blow up um yeah they were fascinating to watch uniquely exciting so yeah i was just curious because like i said Two weeks ago, you guys were talking about how concussions are a major concern. And then a week later, it's like, did you see these guys running into landmines? It's yeah. <laughs> But I do think that maybe the idea is that it's more visually spectacular than it seems long. Well, it's uh, the wrestling business has always uh, been one that really was tailor made for schizophrenics. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's kind of me. <laughs> Yeah, definitely the definitely getting the ADD audience. You know? Yeah. Always something more different over here. Absolutely. Like, uh the other thing I noticed in this episode specifically is I don't recall hearing it much before, but you you guys start really going heavy calling Smoky Mountain Wrestling SMW. Mm-hmm. Was there like a shift that Jim Cornette wanted? Did he was he trying to uh push SMW versus Smoky it, Mountain? No, it's just really the initials. Yeah, but I didn't know if maybe there was a branding thing going on. No, I don't think so. Okay. I just thought it was interesting because it was right after you had Cornette on that it mm-hmm. starts like, oh, yeah, SMW. Oh, yeah, SMW. And I was like, huh, yeah. I wonder if they're pushing no, for the initials. I don't remember him saying refer to it as SMW. Okay. All right. Uh, let's listen to the post capsule. This is the okay. conversation you and Donnie have afterwards. It is a little bit longer. It's uh, around the five-minute mark. Uh, but you have a really... N- it's just a very cohesive conversation I thought was also kind of dense with a lot of great stuff. So Great. Let's hear it. Okay, Don, and uh, the Captain Lou Albano situation, he was at Monday Night Raw. Uh, I believe he will. Uh, that'll be shown this coming Monday. Uh, and the Lightning Kid also uh, wrestling twice at the tapings, both against Doink the Clown. Uh, the first hour was a dark match, and uh, I believe the second one should air 
Monday. I wonder if he wrestled both doinks. Uh, have to get it right, you know. Yeah, I wonder if uh, I wonder if one on one card he, he wrestled uh, Steve Kern and the other he wrestled uh, the other doink uh, Matt Bourne. Who knows? It's good to see him get a, a break like that. Uh, yeah, lightning kid. Work. Very nice fellow. Yes, yes, he is. He's a he's a real, real talented performer and just a genuine human being. And uh, this is a great opportunity for him to uh, to be in the WWF. Um, and I hope uh, I hope down the road that uh, the fans will have the opportunity to see him get a, a a real good push in that company, because he's going to impress a lot of people if he's given the opportunity to impress them. Now I understand the two matches with Doink right now were uh, were, were squashes pretty much; they were on competitive contests. But uh, I think that they got plans for him down the road that they got it. They're not bringing him in just to do a, do squashes. And you know, John, uh, starting with him, if if they were serious about a light heavyweight uh, division, there are so many people out there that they could uh, grow around him. There's Sabu, there's Chris Candido, so many other people out there yeah. that uh, they could really, if they wanted to, take advantage of of his uh, skills and everybody else and and build a junior heavyweight title. Yeah. And one thing, uh, uh, the Captain Lou situation. No one ever thought he'd be back in the WWF. And uh, for Captain Lou, maybe another run in the spotlight, uh, but. Uh, that is being kept pretty much in secrecy. Uh, I don't know if he's been signed or what. Uh, I guess time will tell on that uh, matter. And there's also talk, as I was telling you earlier, that uh, the Mountie uh, uh, may be coming back to the WWF in September, or at least yeah. that's uh, word going around the dressing rooms. Well, I couldn't understand why they won't let him use his name if he's not if he's going to be back there in September. Uh, from what I understand, it has something to do with uh, uh, nails. Um, that there's some legal action being taken between he and the WWF, and if they let one former person that was with the WWF use uh, the name that they used while they were with the organization, then they have to let everybody. Yeah. And if they try to stop one person, they have to stop everybody. Yeah, and uh, speaking of uh, the guy who used to call himself Nails, uh, all these upcoming shows from Universal Wrestling Superstars, I got a call today from the promoter, he says, uh, when you run down the lineups, he goes, omit his name because he's been scratched from those cards because of the legal problems. So uh, that is a situation that uh, this guy is now being, uh, he's now being scratched from cards because no one wants to get into trouble for using them. And that's, a, that's something to look into. Uh, on, a, on a last note here, before we let you go, Don, and I know you didn't uh, see the show tonight, but I have to give credit where credit is due. The show that WCW had on tonight, on Saturday night, uh, was their best effort, I feel, uh, in a long, long time. Uh, things, uh, the show was very exciting. They had the Flair for the Gold segment tonight, uh, and he interviewed Van Vader and Harley Race. Uh, the set was elaborate. It looked like almost, uh, you know, like a Regis and Kathy Lee type of setup, and I really feel that that is going to be another Piper's Pit of sorts, but Flair is playing it with class and dignity, and even when Vader was like challenging him in a way tonight, Flair just played it cool, but I could see some explosive stuff happening on the set of Flair for the Gold down uh, down the road, and also uh, Jim Neinhardt coming in, uh, JYD uh, coming in, which uh, you know really doesn't mean anything to me, but he still has his fans out there. Uh, it was an exciting program. And the Cactus Jack recap, uh, of course, the, let's update that situation for the fans. And first of all, I want to thank everybody this week who sent those cards and letters in. We got a ton of mail for Cactus this week, get well cards, and we're going to ship them out to him uh, 
just, uh, you know, Monday, I'm going to get him out to him. And uh, I have not talked to Jack. I, I spoke to him briefly last uh, last week. I've been trying to reach him for the last three days because he said maybe he'd come on tonight and uh, give a little bit of a progress report or have his wife come on. But we haven't heard from him, and uh, we are hopeful that everything's okay with him uh, because he has been having problems uh, uh, with his equilibrium. He still cannot drive a car, and uh, he's still pretty messed up. And it was uh, supposed to be a wrestling angle. Uh, I believe that they were going to keep Cactus out of action for quite a while anyhow, but uh, just the seriousness of that power bomb, that it was devastating. I was wondering, Don, did you get a chance to see that yet? Uh, no, I have not. Boy, uh, very, very powerful, powerful. And, of course, when you look at it and you see it, it's a legitimate situation. Um, man, and especially if it's a friend of yours out there, it was scary to see the first time. It was You almost had to turn your head. Uh, all right, we'll get to the remainder of the show. And, Donnie, I want to thank Alrighty, you for John. coming on, and we'll, we'll talk to you real soon. Okay, Dan. Bye now. Bye-bye. A lot of good stuff there. Good stuff. I like you putting over Lightning Kid, the two doinks. Yeah, I think they call them Kamikaze Kid. Yes, Kamikaze Kid. That's what it was. I was trying to remember, too, because remember there was The Kid for a bit? Mm-hmm. I think they tried Kamikaze Kid, and then once the Razor thing happened, that was the one, two, three. Yeah. And, uh, of course, bringing up uh, Cactus, and that was still, at the time, a very concerning situation, and it still continues because he does uh, come on the next episode. Uh, we have a uh, an interview with him on the evening show on Pro Wrestling Spotlight, and uh, we did get a ton of get well wishes for him. Uh, but that interview that I did with him that uh, everyone will get a chance to hear uh, on the next episode or two weeks from now, if we do that reunion show next week, it really is uh, a very interesting interview. Really, really, really interesting. Some of the things he said about what was going on and how he felt about his future in the business. Hmm. Okay. Fascinating. I had a question because I played it. I don't. I don't know if you got a chance to catch it. I, I added the video to the clips last week of Cactus getting punched in the face and yeah. getting dropped on the power bomb. To me, the punches looked a lot worse than the power bomb. I didn't. Right. Is there any chance the punches did more damage than the power bomb, or that you were getting worked at all to help the story? Oh, I don't. I wasn't getting worked. No, okay. the punches were so legit, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that slam. I mean, even though it was, it, I mean, you're hitting a concrete, and he's a big boy, you know. And and when yeah. when you have that momentum, even if it's five feet or six feet. Yeah. It's the way he landed. Yeah. You know, you you're giving your body a shock that who knows what happened, you know, but he uh it was legit. It was all. It was not yeah. it was not any it was a shoot, all of it was. And I think people are gonna really be fascinated when they hear his first and it is and it is his first interview since the injury. That's awesome. And he kind of shocked all of us with some of the things that he said. Wow. All right. I look forward to that. Uh, you mentioned that Nightheart and JYD came into WCW, and you said doesn't do anything to me, but he's got fans. You, why were you sour on Junkyard Dog? I just thought it was over. It was over, you know, like it was. I was never a JYD fan. I just didn't like the you know the chain, the gimmick, you know his you know the dancing he did in there. I just wasn't a. I wasn't a fan. Yeah. 
I was just curious because I know that me as a kid, when I saw him, I didn't think much, but I also wasn't a fan of the years that you were, where I knew that he was way over in the, in the territories. So I didn't know if it just didn't translate. There were some guys I could never warm up to, and he was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's just funny. Like nothing for me, but you know, (laughs) it's like, okay. Uh, I loved the Donnie knowledge that, he tells you in the capsule, Mountie can't use his name, so he's Canadian Law and Order. And then you ask him, I wonder why they're pulling his name. He's going to come right back. And Donnie's like, my understanding of the situation, meaning he already asked. Mm-hmm. He thought the same thing and already asked. Yeah. Which is cool. After Donnie, you mentioned about the boxer who got hurt that was in the call, and then you have Henry Terranova on again. But this time... Yeah. It's to talk about how the New York State Athletics Commission is putting on a benefit for him because the, he's in the hospital and they're not the promotion's not covering much. So the the, yeah. the athletics commission's trying to help raise some money for his family. Yeah. Uh, the only reason I didn't pull the clip is because it really is just about that. Like you guys. Yeah, don't have yeah, that's that's fine. That. I mean, you know, there were no go there were no GoFundmes at the time. Yes. So, yeah, it was just a big commercial for that, and it was great. I mean, it was cool, and it was awesome that you had Terranova back on, especially given that last week you found out he got in trouble for the week before. And he goes, I'm going to come back. But... Yeah, he, he was defiant, and he was just like, I don't give a crap. Yeah. He he was that type of guy. He was straight shooter, and that was it. He wasn't going to bow down to anybody. Yeah. it's awesome. Uh, around that time is also when you get Eddie Gilbert calls in and talks to Bruce or Bruce called him and said that he's just too sick to come on. You make a couple jokes about him partying and he go, no, I'm kidding. But yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you mentioned you still can't get a hold of Ron and you're worried about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you run some ads. Uh, the Patreons will probably get a kick out of it. I just wanted to mention it cause I thought it was funny. There's a commercial for the, for us uh, to host student exchange student or student exchange. Uh, program. Okay. Pro- and it's all done by Ronald Reagan. Goes, ah. I'm asking you, and I was like, "That's funny." Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I do remember uh, that, and and hearing Ronald Reagan on the on the show in a in a PSA announcement or whatever it was. Yeah, that is kind of cool for the patrons to when they listen to the entire show uncut and they they hear all of this content. Of course, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/JohnAresi, and you could hear it too for just five dollars yeah. a month. When I listen to the show, I listen to it through and I make notes as I go. But whenever the ads come up, I typically, that's when it's like, okay, I can get up and go grab a drink or come back and do something and let things play. That's and a so mistake. That's when, well, yeah, that's sometimes when all of a sudden I perk up and I was like, Reba McIntyre, what's she doing here? And yeah. this time I was like, Ronald Reagan, what is that like? So yeah, uh, don't skip the ads, anybody who's got Patreon. Uh, that brings us to Polly Dangerously. Hmm. Do you want to? I've pulled the clip. Paul's, you get Paul on the phone and you immediately bring in another Paul who was on Monday Night Raw yep. and proposed to his girlfriend in front of Bobby the Brain Heenan. I pulled the clip. Do you want to listen to the Paul conversation first and then see the video footage? Yeah, that's a good first? Um, I mean, you, you want to play the, the Raw clip first? Which one do you want to do first? The raw clip's about three minutes. The audio clip's about five. Why don't we? Um, why don't we uh, play the call first and then play the 
Oh, no, you're the producer. You tell me. That's what producers right. do. What is your Here's decision? What I think. Here's what I think we should we'll do then. Let's play the video so All we right. know what they're talking about. That's it. You're the you're the producer, so that's it. I defer to you. <laughs> All right, John. Here it is. Here is. He just keeps walking out the man. He's gonna keep going. I hope so. Let's uh, let's go find out what he's up to. All right, let's go to Bobby Heenan. Bobby doesn't look thrilled. No. Am I on? Yes. Am I on? Now I want to introduce you people to a very lovely couple. This couple are here to watch Monday Night Raw. I see Mike this Johnson man, over there. What is your name, sir? Do you? Yeah. He's next to the lady in the red sweater. I know that kid too. With the hat? Smell it. The guy who's heated in it. I remember him now. Oh. Kind of like an eye chart. Now this is your girlfriend, Chuck. What's your name? See Mike Johnson Louise. right in back Louise. of him. That's nice. With the vest? Next to the lady. Next, now, yes, with the vest. Next to the lady in the, in the, in the, what's in the going red down here now? What, what do you want to do, pal? Come on, you're barging on my show. Tell me what you're going to do. Tell me what you want to do to this lovely lady. I want to ask Louise right here before this national television audience that she'll marry me. Whoa, wait a minute. You want to ask her if she'll marry you? How, do you, well, how many girls have you been with before her? Not at all. None. How many men have you been with before him? How do you know you're even sexually compatible? <laughs> oh We've been going out for five years today. Her best deal is to go maybe on a, a biker's convention for the weekend or something. Get down on one knee. Come on, on one knee. Come on, I'll get down with you. On one knee. Come on, ask her. Will she ask her? or won't she? Louise, you marry me. Come on, Tony. All right, before she yes, says yes, yes will you do it? Will you get married on Monday Night Raw? Will you get married on Monday Night Raw? They'll do it. They'll do it. I'll make sure they do it. Pal, you just bought the farm. <laughs> Can't believe Bobby was saying some of this stuff. I know. Hold on. We keep the commercial. We're back live on Monday Night Raw from the Manhattan Center. Vince they go back to him. Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Bobby Brain Heenan is going to give us yet another special interview with the lovely couple. Exciting. Yes. Snap into it. Snap into it. Next yeah. week, right here on Monday Night Raw, scheduled to join us will be the Ugandan giant, Kamala, in action. Also, the Head Shrinkers will be here in tag team action. And again, one-on-one. -on -one. That's off Jim Duggan has an opportunity to defeat Shawn Michaels for the Intercontinental Championship. Stand by, Bobby the Brain Heenan is going to have yet another word with the lovely couple. Can't believe they gave him two segments, consideration dude. Paid for by the following. So much energy at the Manhattan Center for Raw back then. Oh, yeah. There he is. Am I on? Oh, would you please Here. stop it? Stand up. He just proposed to this lady. She said yes. Let's see the ice. Let's see what he got you. See you have it? Thomas, how much, how much uh, Cracker Jack did you have to eat before you got in the ring? No, you proposed. Do you people want to see them marry here on Monday Night Raw? Somebody, no, that's, <laughs> that's pretty funny. 
That's crazy. I like how they were trying to hide the ring. They were. And they didn't, that wasn't even the ring. It was on the wrong hand anyway, that last shot. If you're watching this on YouTube, you'll know what we're talking about. But maybe it was just a tiny little ring. I bet you it was. I mean, a lot of couples do that. Like, you, they can't afford the big one for years. That's why they upgrade. Exactly. Exactly. So. But that was cool because I, I recognized that kid, that guy, because um, he was at my conventions. I remember him as a caller. Um, but I do remember him. And then seeing Mike Johnson, a kid right in back of him was pretty cool. That's awesome. That's really cool. Uh, yeah. Good I work believe, there, Marsh. I can't believe Bobby got away with saying some of the stuff. How do you know you're sexually compatible? Right. Then he was like razzing him. I bet you that's why he didn't want to show the ring. He didn't want Bobby to make fun of him even more. Because the kid looks nervous when he goes, how do you know you're sexually compatible? He just goes like, uh, mm -hmm. we've been dating oh. for five years. Like, it's been weird. Vince laughing at him when he says, you just bought the farm. You know Vince yeah. is being a jerk. <laughs> yeah, well, they're probably doing something. Maybe they were hoping that she would say no. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was crazy. Let's go to Paul. You have Paulie Let's Dangerously. Right Paul. Yeah. We're going to be joined right now by someone who was in the studio last week, causing quite a ruckus. I'm talking about Paulie Dangerously. Paulie, are you with us of course of you still have sponsors after last week yeah that's yeah. amazing you know uh the guys from divine wood and the sheriff especially from the public car auctions will be talking about in a little bit i'll read it seriously but they got a kick out of it they thought you did sure a hell of a job i'm a talented guy hell of a job i'm a funny guy hey john yes can we talk personally here for a minute sure between well you and me and all your listeners yeah well i've been trying to think of what i could do for publicity lately mm-hmm what I could do to, like, set a precedent and what I could do that has never been done before. What's that? So, you know, this is the 90s, and I don't think this has been done on a wrestling show in, oh, I don't know, I think ever. So, John, will you marry me? You know, Paul, you're really not my type. I'm not your type. No, but you know what? What? That has been done before. It so. was never, when has anybody ever proposed to anybody else on a wrestling show? This past Monday night, live on Monday Night Raw... A guy by the name of Paul Susnowski, I believe Paul? that. Paul Sus Susnowski. Paul Susnowski? Uh, proposed to his, uh, I well, guess she's a fiancé now. We need to talk to him, and don't we? And won't we need, uh, as a matter of fact, coincidences do happen here at Pro Wrestling Spotlight. Paul is on the line with us. No. Yes, he is. This, guy's on, this guy who proposed to you on Monday Night Raw. He didn't propose to me. Well, who did he propose to? Paul Paul, Hello. meet Paul. Hi, Paul. Hello. How you doing? Now, Paul, you proposed to John on Monday Night Raw? No, no, no. I definitely did not propose to John. I proposed to my girlfriend, Louise. On Monday Night Raw? Yeah, I, I took a little effort, but uh, I was able to set it up with the World Wrestling Federation. Well, now, who in particular do you call if you want to propose to somebody on Monday Night Raw? Well, I, um, I just called the Monday Night Raw hotline. They punched me up to one of the offices. And uh, they uh, put me through in, in touch with this person in the booking department. And named well, who, who'd you end up talking to? Well, eventually I wound up talking to uh, Bruce Pritchard and Bruce J. J. Pritchard? And J. Well, J. he's Dillon. a good guy to talk to there, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, knowing Bruce the way I do, he loves you! Oh, I knew that too, yep. Uh -huh. I knew that exactly. So, and, and so, of course, uh, you, you're going to get married on Monday Night Raw. Uh, definitely not. Did you see no? it, Paul? Did you see it, Paul? 
Did yeah. I? No, I didn't know that you did this. No, you just killed my all my publicity. Oh man. <laughs> well, I saw it. You did, John. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought it was a pretty neat thing to tell you the truth. Yeah, it was pretty wild. And I'm surprised. Uh, well, actually, it's the first time it's ever happened. Uh, I was going to say I was surprised that WWF did it, but um, you know that's a real nice thing to do. And uh, you were also uh, on TV this morning, I think they yeah, played it. Yeah, I, I found that out also. Yeah. Uh, was it on the Mania show? Or yes, was it... it was on Mania, yeah. Well, that's an interesting thing. And uh, we... what the hell is going on? What... Who, who dropped what? Hello? Yeah, I think one of your sponsors me. dropped you. Yeah, one of my sponsors just dropped yeah, it wasn't me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Paul, that's an, interesting... how, how... that's an interesting thing to do. And we want to wish you and your fiancé the best of luck. Right. When's the date, by the way? Uh, no, we haven't set one yet. How would you like to have the ceremony right here on the spotlight? No, that's okay, John. <laughs> Are you sure? We'll bring a cake uh, from maybe Alba Bakery of Brooklyn that Danny Styles always what. talks about. Yeah, I'll tell you I, what, now, now they I offered you to get married on Raw, right? What's that? They offered you to get married on Raw. Yeah, right? they did. It but was but you proposed on Raw, so you have no use for that, right? Right, I, t- okay. I told them I wouldn't get uh, married so on you, Raw. So, Paul, you, you used them for the publicity, didn't well, you? Well, hold it now. Now... John oh, or did you have a rough... Do you think she would have said yes if you weren't on Raw? Yeah, I figured she would have said yes. Or was that like an ace in the hole for you? No, I figured she would have said yes. Well, now, wait a minute now. Paul, I think Paul did a noble thing. Hey, Paul, listen. Yeah. The WWF offered for you to get married on Raw, you said no, right? Yeah. Okay. But you already, you're, you know, you're going to propose on Raw, so you had no use to get married on Raw, right? That's no. not useful anymore, right? No, it was okay. Yeah. All right. Now, John just said you could have the reception on Raw, right. but, you know, on, on, uh, on his show... Uh-huh. But that, you have no use for that. And what Let would you me be offer doing? you something and what would you be from the for? heart that's useful to you, okay? Yeah. My dad's a lawyer. Uh-huh. Let him draw up the prenuptial. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Because you're going to need one. But I don't have too many material possessions right now. Because if you're proposing on a wrestling show to your girlfriend, yep. maybe you're going to need prenuptial agreements. Randy Savage said the same thing, actually, on the television Randy show. Savage said the same thing? Well, yeah. you might know about it. anybody that ought yeah, to know about probably, prenuptial agreements, ooh, yeah, yeah. unbelievable, yeah. it's Randy Macho Man Savage, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was very good, actually. Thank you very much, thank you very much. Yeah. Okay, listen, Paul, uh, Sosnowski, Sosnowski. Yeah, yeah, they uh, have a for, problem with the pronunciation. Thanks too. for calling in. All right, John. And, thanks, and congratulations. All right, thanks Okay, bye. thank bye. you. You're going to do great. Okay, he's gone. He's gone? Yes. He's in big trouble. Big, big trouble. He, he proposed on a wrestling show. That girl's parents must be ready to kill him. <laughs> That's so sweet. Where'd you propose? I proposed in front of Bobby Heenan. Get the hell out of my house, you son of a bitch! I mean, what the hell is he thinking? <laughs> Hilarious. It's awesome. I'm trying to think if that was uh, planned. If I planned that, and why Paulie asked me to marry him, I mean, I wonder if we had discussed that before the show. It's at least a little bit because you don't talk to Paul much longer. He's only on for two and a half more minutes, and we'll have that clip in just a second too. But yeah. I also wonder if the other, I wonder if you had Paul on and you knew only had him for like 10 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. And while you guys were talking during the ad break, I wonder if the other Paul called in and you told dangerously. Maybe. Hey. Yeah, maybe, maybe we set it up that way. That sounds uh that sounds like it could be the way it was positioned and set up. Yeah. It, was, it was interesting that the majority of Paulie dangerously appearance is with Paul Sinsnowski. Yeah. As you well. know, we, like, we did get a um we get we got a ton of backlash from his appearance the week previous. 
really started to come in. Yeah. And And he said uh, some pretty off color things. He did. I mean, and it was, uh, uh, we will discuss it on the next show because that's when it, you know, that's when I, I bring it up. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Listeners were, were like outraged and there were letters. Really? So it wasn't even a sponsor thing. It was listeners. It was listeners. Yeah. Was Chrissy upset? (laughs) (laughs) I would be if I was Chrissy. Yeah. So I also thought was crazy is he tells us that he calls the hotline and gets punched up to Bruce Pritchard and JJ Dillon. Like, how do you call a 900 number and then say, no, no, I want Pritchard. You know what I mean? Who knows how it happened, right? Everyone's a worker. That's true. Yeah. That's crazy. Do you think the Jade? Well, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Because I, I think all the, the hotlines were pre recorded. You never got a real person ever. Uh, the other thing I noticed in there, because I was going to ask you about this uh, a while back, because it was on one of your tapes, but Danny Styles, mm-hmm. did you know him pretty decent? Because you brought him up here real quick. He was a mainstay in New York radio for a lot of years. Nostalgia, oldies. Uh, he was a he was a, a big radio personality, but I didn't know him personally. No, no. But you just I might have met him in passing at EBD. Uh, I don't even think he recorded. Uh, he 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 was never on live. He always had a pre-taped show. Okay, but he huh. was a mainstay for them. Overnight guy. He's had a commercial on one of your things, or like he was you were leading in. He was going to be after your show, and there was like a lead in for him that I ended up clipping at one point just because I was like trying to listen to it. And I was like, this is a really good lead in. Like, who's this guy? And then so for you to bring him up here, I just thought, I don't know if there's any story with him or not. Uh, but I guess he's putting over a bakery. There's no <laughs> Alba Bakery. Yeah. And Alba Bakery was uh, the bakery where my uh, friend that I met through the show, who I'm still in touch with, Luigi, who now lives in North Carolina, he used to come down to the station uh, at GBB, and he'd bring these pastries and these cakes. And I think we had a birthday party for either Cactus or somebody at WGBB, and he used to bring these incredible fresh Italian pastries there. Fabricini is his last name, Luigi Fabricini. And he lives now in, in North Carolina, and he, we're, he communicates with me all the time on, on Facebook. That's awesome. But he worked at Alba Bakery. Huh. Did, did he ever did he open up a bakery in North Carolina? I don't know. I don't think so. No, but, I mean, he, he used to, we used to see him. We'd light up because it was kind of like, wow, he's the here. And look what he brought today. My goodness. And that, Better that than- was – Alba Bakery was one of the best – a renowned, well-known bakeries in all of Brooklyn. So you were really trying to push for this reception. <laughs> yeah, it would have been cool. Yeah. Uh, did, so when, when Luigi came through, were you more excited than when you saw James from Seaford? Oh, yeah. They both bought treats. Well, I guess I would like to see James first and then have Luigi <laughs> come over with the cake. Very good. And that's why I weighed almost 400 pounds. Yeah, you called Luigi too much. Uh, <laughs> let's play the second part of the Polly Dangerously interview real quick. Okay. Hey, Paul, I just wanted to mention one thing to you. 
I'm sure you want to mention a lot of things to me. When uh, my producer, Bruce Jacobs, and I arrived at the studio today, there were two youngsters in the lobby <laughs> who thought they were hosting the show tonight. Yeah, two guys thought they were hosting the show. Hang up on Now, what did you do? You told these guys oh, that I was fired after the show last week. We got a number of calls. Uh, you had told these guys, you said you were the complaint department here at WBD, and you told them that I was fired and they were the new host of the show. I told them that they were the new host of the show because I couldn't believe that you were actually going through with advertising. I, I think you told me that you were going to do it at 11.45 this evening, mm -hmm. that uh, you were about to uh, offer half of the spotlight to your close friend and confidant, Dr. Mike Leno. Oh, he has a much he has a Muchnik roast next week. He has a Muchnik roast last week. And wouldn't you know, next poor week. poor Sam Muchnik poor had Sam's open heart surgery this week. Yeah, well, if if you thought open heart surgery was rough, imagine when they actually put him in the oven to roast him. Ooh. Paul, uh, a matter of fact, on the hotline, the other hotline, it's kind of like in. Mike Leno subscribes to the David Koresh theory, just roast them all. Well, on the other hotline next week, someone who uh, Dave Meltzer, who's actually in town on a bar mitzvah or something, bots mitzvah. He's calling in on line two, on the hotline two? Okay. So I want to talk to him for a few minutes. I know you have, to, I know you have other things to do. You I got a lot of things You have to, to start going out uh, club hopping I now. I got to start going club hopping. I'm a busy guy. Yes, you are. So, uh, Paul, I want to thank you for your time. Well, I want to thank you for your time. Thanks for coming now, on I think us. we should both thank Paul Sosnowski, yes. Wishka Wishka Wish, for his time. Okay. Because he was um, he's in big trouble. Okay. And I'll say a little day for you. He had a date for me. He was on with us last week, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Ask him how the weather out there is. Oh, I will. You know? Okay. He proposed to his girlfriend on Monday Night Raw. Not Dave. No, I Can know. you imagine that? Imagine Dave Meltzer proposing to his girlfriend on Monday Night Raw? Or is he engaged already? Dave Meltzer? Yeah. I, he's, married to the, he's married to the Wrestling Observer. Oh, oh I, that's right. He is. You, listen, you sure you want to get married? Because <clears throat> we'd be a great couple. Get the hell out of here. Go home now. Are you sure? It's go, the 90s. Go to the city. Come on. Go to the city. I'll, you realize that if I'll you have accept, a few drinks, and I'll go to a club, I'll have a few drinks, think. and I'll think you about it. That if, you realize that if you accept, we'll be the, we'll, it'll be the biggest story in wrestling. Can I get half your trust fund? You can have all my trust fund. You can, oh. you can hold my trust for me. <clears throat> I'm getting out of here. I mean, you are. Go, go talk to Meltzer. Take care. We're tired of you. Okay. <laughs> I think I figured it out. I yeah. figured out why you can't get a hold of Paul anymore. He won't return your calls because you turned him down for proposal. He's still heartbroken. He might be. He might be. Yeah. <laughs> the so tribal funny. chief, if we were to make have a reunion, maybe the tribal chief could, you know, give us to, he can endorse the marriage. No, he'd give Paul away for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarity right here at the Pro Wrestling Spotlight podcast. Did you... Did you guys stay after the show and take calls? Because Paul told these two guys to come in and host, and apparently they were outside. Does that ring a bell at all? Oh, he might have. I was always at the studio after the show was over for at least a half an hour taking calls from people. Oh, okay. I, I'd stay because there was nobody after me except for the Danny Styles tape. So the studio was open. And I just, I just, you know, I take calls until they stop ringing. So Paul might have been hanging around and then talked to these kids and says, all right, listen, I'm the complaint department. You're now going to be hosting the show. Maybe they did. Who knows? I mean, anything is possible with him. Huh. So, <clears throat> so since you were off the air, 
you were just taking calls for anyone who had questions in general. What's going on with Sid Vicious? What's going on with Ultimate Warrior? Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. That's would, that also explains that. there's a call later um, that we have a clip of that, that that explains a lot too because they said like we knew it was Paul and I was confused why I was like why do you mean they knew it was Paul if Paul told them how could it not be Paul mm-hmm. um, but if you guys are both there taking phone calls that makes sense Did, does it ring a bell at all about having two guys waiting outside to come in and host vaguely yeah <laughs> Which is also funny because you're paying for the time. So even if you were canceled, it's not an open spot that's free. All right, they'd have to like, pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> they should have split it with them. I would have stayed on there longer. Yeah. That's true. Like, hey, did you guys bring the funds? 50-50? You take the first half, I take the yeah. second half? Where's your 600 bucks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love Paul. That was a lot of money back then, man thousand bucks a week that was a lot of dough it was just... oh, i was thinking about that too like i wonder what is that in today's dollars i'll put like, a little what cut is, there what is, what is uh <laughs> what is the value of a thousand fifty three a week in today's dollars the inflation calculator if in 1993 we're gonna give you the answer right here folks so we're just an item for a thousand dollars marsh is figuring it out for everybody that same item would cost two thousand and eighty-eight dollars. It's been a hundred percent markup, plus one one hundred hundred and eight point nine percent markup since then. Wow! So it's like two grand a week. No wonder why my life went to shit back then, dude. That's a salary for sure. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Like that's a that's a that's eight thousand a month, man. Yeah, in today in today's dollars, yeah, I don't even make two thousand a week in today's yeah. dollars. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you were paying them a, a, a reasonable salary to mm-hmm. be on. Like that's crazy. Right. Like that you're also trying to make money back. So theoretically, you're making two salaries and paying one to just be on the air. Yeah, you know, you were dedicated, man. Like I don't think people get what it took back then. Oh, it took a lot. It was a lot of agony. And there was a lot of stress. There was just an incredible amount of uh, chaos in my life for several years because yeah. I I should have had a day job. I know. I, I've thought about it so many times about how just ridiculous it was that you didn't. Have a day job? Yeah, that you didn't have a day job. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's nuts. I always felt that, you know, the next week could bring something really special. And then with the sheriffs evicting me. (laughs) That's over $100,000 a year. Yeah. In today's money to be on the air. Mm. Imagine, imagine content creators now investing that much into themselves. It's a lot. Crazy. Yeah. That's why I'm happy that this is only a hundred bucks a month to distribute the show. Yeah, this is crazy. This but is your, a deal. But your, but your but your salary is just so outrageous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you ain't getting rich off this thing. Yeah. Oh. But it will lead I, to other things, right? That's yeah. a, that's what people always say. Yeah. Well, at least now that we've done that, you know that I'm a steal. I'm giving it away. <laughs> my uh my policy is if I have to go into my pocket for the show. It's gone. Yeah, it's not. Worth I, it. I, I'm serious. I'm not going into my pocket for it. Yeah. So you know, patrons, 
Sign up. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it alive. <laughs> yeah. It's significantly less than a hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah. So Marsh, if you give me like a if you if you demand an increase, then that's it. Show's over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. I'm gonna have to start paying it in. Yeah. But you're worth every penny. And then some. You really are. I mean, you, you do an incredible job. So not to toot your horn too much, but I'm in so happy with uh, everything that you've done. And you're into it, man. You're into it, which is great. Yeah. No, it's really cool. I like I like thinking about it even when we're not just actively doing it. I was pulling up some pictures I want to do some stuff with too later. So, yeah. Uh, you go to click over to Meltzer and you hang up on him on accident. Uh-oh. So... <laughs> <laughs> This is probably this is probably the the weirdest Melter appearance that he's ever done in any platform. Yes. This one was so weird that I kept it in its entirety. Because oh, by good. the time it comes back, you go to an ad break and you just hope that he calls back yeah. before the ad's over. Right, because I didn't know does. where he was because he was in New York. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So let's listen. I left it in its entirety. It's five minutes and 15 seconds. Awesome. The entire interview because it's so weird. Mr. New York, Dave Meltzer. Let's do it. Okay. I just wanted to hear that little, what I call doink the clown music in the background. Uh, let's bring on Dave Meltzer, who is uh, visiting New York. How you doing? Dave, you sound very close tonight. Yeah. How you doing? Doing okay. That's good. How's, uh, how's New York? It's, I didn't know you were born here. Yeah, who's been telling you secrets? Huh? Who's been telling you I got the inside scoop. Wow. Got it from Dr. Mike. <laughs> oh, God, please. I don't even want to hear about this. So you you were born where? In, on Long Island? Um, I think in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. I didn't know that. That is a well-kept secret. Yeah, I know. It's out there now. Yeah. It's out across the Northeast. Yeah. Hovering above and skipping over Titan Towers. Yeah. So uh, you were in town for a bot mitzvah, I would guess, right? Yeah, that's right. And you're uh, not going to be here for very long. You'll be here leaving back to uh, California tomorrow. Yeah, do the Wrestling Observer. Uh, I guess we were waiting for a call from my attorney from Mexico, and I haven't heard from him. Have you heard anything about that show last night? Um, I just heard that uh, Conan wrestled... Uh, Cian Caras? Cian Caras, and Jake Roberts knocked out Conan with a black glove, and Conan lost. The loser must retire match, and... Uh, I think the crowd was like 65,000 people. Wow. Uh, don't quote me on that. Did they go? Did I, they I mean, that, that was, that's, I've sort of heard that third hand. I haven't gotten home and checked messages. But Did they go nuts? Um, I didn't even hear. I don't know. 60, I really haven't heard much so, about it. That's, that's really all the details that I've heard. So I guess Jake didn't bring a snake. I understand that uh, he just got back from Europe this week, and uh, one of his snakes passed away. Oh, really? On the trip, yes. Oh, that's too bad. That was probably the one that got lost in uh, Tommy D's house a few weeks back. Wow. That must be a traumatic week. Yeah, probably. I wonder if it had been interrogated this past week, too. Uh, Jake? No, the snake that's why he committed suicide. <laughs> if the sh that's why the, sh the, the snake is dead because it committed suicide because it was interrogated this week. That's right. I understand what you're saying. Yes. There's lots of things going on, isn't there? Yeah. In pro wrestling. Did you see WCW tonight? I sure did, yeah. I thought it was a very good show. Yeah, I was pretty entertained by it, too. I thought that the flair for the gold thing was great. I loved it. I, uh, you know, I've been blasting them the last several weeks. That's because the sour taste in your mouth from the New York show. But tonight, that segment is going to be, I would have to put it right up there immediately with a, like a Piper's Pit type of deal. Except for this set looked like it was Regis and Kathy Lee. Who was that? Yeah, they sure spent a lot of money on the set. That was really good. The flair was great. Yes, and, he uh, was. 
And uh, the way that they did that whole thing with uh, with Vader and everything, I think they did it just enough, not too much, not too little, as far as teasing, you know, the fact that, you know, sometime those two are going to get in the ring with each other, but probably not all that soon. And Flair played it ultra cool, you know? Yeah, yeah. Flair was really Flair was really good. I, was, I wasn't sure how good he would be in that role, but now I think he's going to be great. And I'm sure you, uh, you really enjoyed seeing JYD back in the ring there. Is that what he was doing? <laughs> and I thought it was kind. Of, actually, I was kind of entertained by it in a perverse way. You know, just uh, yeah, just uh, you know the way that all that all went. Just a little bit too much between uh, JYD and Mulligan and all that, and uh, yeah. you know Jody Hamilton, the assassin, and all that. It was a um, little too much. A little too much nostalgia. Yeah, it was a lot of nostalgia, and also they were teasing at something between Mulligan and Ventura. Uh, and I thought the show's open. It was a pretty hot open with the Blackhearts. You know, as far as that the way they opened. Yeah, that show. yeah, it was really well produced. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was unique. Yeah, it seems like uh, last two weeks of TV have been a lot better, well, a lot better. Do you know if they, um, if how many shows did they tape at Center Stage this week? Just one, because they're taping again Monday night for next this coming Saturday. Now that guy who played like Colonel Tom Parker's uh, relative or whatever it was, do you yeah. know who he is? Yeah, Robert Fuller. Oh, it's Robert Fuller. That was Robert Fuller. Yeah. Boy, did he get old. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw him two weeks ago. He didn't look any older than than. Well, I, I saw him about 20 years ago. I guess I guess <laughs> well, you would age. Old since then. I guess you would age during that time period. <laughs> Who is the guy that he's talking about for next week? Do you know? That I don't know. I was thinking Sid, but I don't really know. Yeah. That sounds good, you know. Yes, it certainly does. Maybe it is Sid. Yeah. Could be. Softball, what softball season is here? But hopefully uh, we'll see what's happening. I just wanted to bring you on and say hello for a few minutes. and Because um, I don't know whether, you know, what do you got planned for the, the evening, whatever. But... Uh, uh, I just wanted to uh, to say hello. Oh, okay. Hi, Dave. How you doing, John? And why don't you do this? Because uh, uh, you're just a hell of a guy. Uh-huh. Why don't you give out a, a plug for the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, which is the number one wrestling publication in the world today? Well, thanks. That sounds like you're we're welcome. we're almost related. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, okay, it's uh, Post Office Box One Two Two Eight, Campbell, California Nine Five Zero Zero Nine, and it's six dollars for four issues. Comes out weekly. And this week's issue isn't going to be late, because I'm, I'm getting up and flying home, and I'm going to type all night. Wow. Well, Dave, listen, it's been great talking to you. And I'm going to put you on hold for just a second, and if because uh, I do want to say something to you off air. If my engineer, Tom, can play that 900 number spot once again, uh, I will say something to Dave off air. And uh, Dave, just hang on with us a second, okay? Okay. All righty. Don't ask me what I asked him off air, because I don't remember. There's no way you don't remember a quick little sentence 30 years ago. <laughs> was was Dave just in town and you realized that you weren't going to probably be able to see him? And so that's why you just had him on? Because it didn't feel like you had topics in mind at all. No, because I, I was hoping that if he was going to stay, uh, you know, Paulie is obviously on his way to Manhattan to go clubbing. Melcher's in town. I'm in Manhattan. Mm. There could have been a nice little uh, gathering of um, of three interesting characters. How often did you get to actually hang with Melter? Because you obviously talked to him a great deal, but yeah. you guys did live on separate coasts. Yeah, we did. So, so uh, you know, I, I would see him when he'd come to my conventions because mm-hmm. he came to uh, almost all of them. And uh, and if I was out in L.A., like when we did AAA, I'd get together with him there. And that's kind of the only times I saw him face to face. And of course I sat in, you know, next to him on Donahue. <laughs> so, but we would talk. Yeah. Two, three times a week. Yeah. Every week. Yeah. 
Because yeah, you sounded you, you you could hear it in your voice. You sounded so excited. You're in you're in New York, like you're in yeah. my home area. Oh, you're right here. Yeah, yeah. So no, I mean, regardless of what you know, people say about Dave today, and and uh, and you know, for me, I remember the day from. 30 years ago. I remember the Dave who was so well-respected in the business and now because of the social media and, you know, obviously everybody changes over the course, over the course of years. And, uh, I just hate that he gets just buried the way he gets buried. Cause it's not the Dave that I knew from 30 years ago. Everybody yeah. respected him back then. Yeah, I mean, you heard it last week um, when Paul hears Dave. The first thing he says, I just want to say he's the most honest man in wrestling. Yep. Like he put him over his big time. And he was. I mean, he, you know, he was. And that's why Bret Hart would call him every week. And that's why Paul would call him every week. And that's why he had the access to these movers and shakers who were top tiered people in the wrestling business because he mm. was a journalist and today you know there's a lot of opinion and he gets lambasted on on social media from so many different ways and people make fun of him and uh it really just is, is disheartening for me to see yeah. you know what this has become of somebody that meant so much to the inside world of pro wrestling for so many years and like him or not, he's a human being who has friends. And you were one of those friends for quite some time, yes. you know? So it sucks yeah. for you to see. For hey, sure. He always treated me good. He always respected me. He always uh, gave me a fair shot. Um, he never really editorialized about me in a negative way. He knew I tried hard. And he knew what I was up against trying to keep a show on the air. Yeah. I... I felt for a long time that the fact, I mean, and obviously this is all hindsight stuff because I was not, I didn't have access to your show. I've talked about it, but like the fact he was such a regular on your show, like you were one of the first real platforms to give him an audible voice out there. He was, had the written voice quite right. well established. And so there was a number of times he wanted to break news on your show. Yes. And that's you because know, like, I also probably delivered to him hundreds and hundreds of new subscribers. Yeah. It was a very much scratching each other's back kind of kind of thing, but also you guys became tight knit because of that. Mm -hmm. And he liked the fact that I broke stories. I mean, that's when we really you know, like when Steamboat did his first interview, the shoot interview. Uh, he wrote it, he transcribed it, and there are a lot of things that he covered in a major way from the pro wrestling spotlight in in the Wrestling Observer. Did you send him tapes of the show? No, no, I did not. How no. did he hear it? Well, I guess some other people did. <laughs> Someone had to be, right? Well, people were yeah. taping the show left and right and sending it across the country. I mean, that's how people yeah. in other parts of the United States and overseas found out about it. That's so cool. Yeah. I wonder who was his who was his guy. I wonder if it was Mike Johnson. Maybe later on. It could have been Mike. Later, yeah. Because Mike was just a listener, caller. Mm -hmm. And um, that's when he kind of discovered the inside of the wrestling business by listening to Pro Wrestling Spotlight. Yeah. I wonder who this guy was. Because, yeah, he lived in California. You couldn't pick yet. Didn't have rabbit ears big enough. No. I wonder who, who was this person that he had out there? That maybe it was his family. You know, like, who knows? Maybe it was Howard Finkel. 
Finkel. Because <laughs> Howard taped, he taped a show every week. Did Finkel and Dave talk that much? Oh yeah, that's awesome. Man, yeah, Dave's also got a crazy cool life that would make a great book, without a doubt. Yeah. I'm surprised he hasn't done a memoir yet. I'm. I hope that he's secretly been keeping journals this whole time and have some sort of like epic. He is a writer. He writes about 500,000 words a week. That's what I'm saying. If he's doing all these articles, yeah, he could spend an hour a night. Well, he's got plenty of research material if he ever wanted to write one. Yeah, that's true too. But, you know, I mean, it's like, I mean, because that's the whole point of this. When you go back 30 years, it shakes your memory for stuff, but you can't, you can't discount how much value it is in the moment. Like hearing you say something 30 years ago to me holds a lot more weight than hearing you remember it today because mm-hmm. it had just happened then. So it's a lot fresher. Yeah. No, I mean, no, no one's memory is perfect. And I'm yeah. certainly the first to admit that. I mean, these, uh, these jar my memory when I hear these shows, but who yeah. the hell, you know, who the hell remembers everything they did 30 years ago? Exactly. And that's or why 10 I mean, years that. ago, even. That's what I mean. I hope that Dave's been keeping record as he goes because yeah. who could expect him to remember all these things, right? So well, he should know. he should ring me up and see if he needs a good literary agent. Yeah, since I've gotten people so so many book deals over the last few years. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. All right, we did grab a couple of callers. These ones run a little quick. You do mention after another ad, right before you get to callers, that you're starting to think your lawyer might be dead in Mexico because you cannot hear. <laughs> We know he's not. So, uh, and then this is this is where uh, you're trying to talk to Bruce about his sports show, and then you go into the first caller. Uh, we're having fun, Bruce. By the way, why don't you give yourself a plug? You are the sports director of WNYG Radio, and uh, you do a show on Sunday nights there, don't you? John, why don't you take some calls? Okay, why don't you just at nine thirty at WNYG? Is that what it is? Fourteen forty a.m. on the dial. All right, never yeah. mind. Where's it take some? I gave you the plug anyhow. I gave you the plug. We're gonna go to Eric from Brooklyn. Eric, you're, you're first tonight. I have a question, John Rezzi. Yes. During the time you competed with the World Wrestling Federation, did you have any grudge against them or anything like that? No, not at all. And uh, you had a good working you know, relationship with them, right? With the WWF? Yeah. I had a great working relationship with them uh, while I was a reporter for Ring Magazine and all the other wrestling magazines in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And then I wrestled. You know, I, I couldn't even, I'm not even going to call myself a wrestler. I, I gave it a shot for a couple of matches, and that was it. I got squashed, and I had no potential at all to be a wrestler. And also, I have another uh, question. But you didn't let me answer my oh, question. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Now... A lot of people feel that I have a gripe. I do not have a gripe against them. All I did and all I do is I report on legitimate news stories breaking in wrestling. If that's a grudge against somebody, then I don't know what this country is. You ever hear a freedom of speech? Nelson from the Bronx, you're next. Cut that son of a bitch right off, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you did. He called up looking to press my buttons anyway. I have a question for you, John Arezzi. I don't think he was trying to push your buttons. I you think know, I thought to... I, I thought it even today listening to to that. That was Eric Benben, by the way. Oh, it was. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would get. I would get. You know, I would get offended pretty quickly back then. Uh, yeah. When people say, you know, you're doing this as uh, as a grudge or whatever, um, that used to get to me because all I was trying to do was just cover the facts find out what's going on 
And because of all the horrible things and the horrific things that happened behind the scenes at yeah. the time and before then, uh, it was um, it needed to be talked about. Yeah. See, I was hearing a different tone in his voice where it almost sounded like he wanted to give you the opportunity to say you don't. But I think mm -hmm. we would have known based off his second question. What is and real I cut him all. Was. Yes. And then you go, ever heard of freedom of speech? Click. Boom. <laughs> so good. You're the gatekeeper of freedom of speech. Right. Hello? Ask you a question. Don't piss me off. <laughs> if you do, then you're going to get. Even if I had a suspicion in the tone of someone's voice back then, I'd, I'd let them go. I just, yeah. I didn't want to deal with it. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, but yeah, I actually took note of that because I was like, oh, Eric from Brooklyn. And then I was like, I, want, I went back because I hadn't deleted the old clip and played the clip. Same guy. Same exact voice. Yeah. Okay. Eric Ben Ben. So I was like, well, let's see if Eric calls in next week. You yeah, because like, we, we had gotten rid of Brian last, right? Brian yeah. from Long Beach. Yeah, you've shaken him. But he does make an appearance again on the daytime show, on the shows I uploaded today. Ah, all right. And he wasn't very happy with the uh, answer to the question good that he asked but you'll have to find <laughs> out in a week or two okay very good that's interesting too because your daytime we have determined has a much older audience yes than your nighttime kids are up late yeah nelson from the bronx who was next did ask about what's the latest on sid justice you're thinking wcw um now he did get managed by colonel tom right was that the guy that that i think came in i think that was um Sid's manager. Uh Sid Justice manager. I think so too. Well, Harvey Whipple him in WWF. What about WCW? Ron Fuller was the dude, right? Um, Marsh is actively looking out on the internet right now. To see if we can get this answered to you out there who's listening. Yeah. Colonel yeah. Robert Parker. That's it, right? Sid. Yep. Yeah. Because when Dave said it, Dave probably knew. He was just throwing a hint. Yeah. Yeah. Probably he knew, you know. But well, because I think he also knew that Sid was coming in. And then probably the Colonel Parker thing was a was a term or not that was like, yeah, that's what's gonna be. But yeah. You get Andrew from Brooklyn. He asks, where are the SMW videotapes? You said it's going to be announced next week, but you do tell him to call famous sports videos in Manhattan. So there was a brick and mortar store. Yep. Big so, one. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, you he asks, what's going on with Hulk Hogan and the 30-day defense rule? And you said, rules are made to be broken. <laughs> so, yep. Uh, that brings us to the next two callers. They're back-to-back because -back they're uh, pretty quick back-to-back. -back, so, Dave from Staten Island, you're next. Yeah, how you doing, Oh, John? Dave, calm down, will you? All right, sorry about that, John. What's up? Yeah, I got some big news for the King in the Ring, Sam Marie, if you want to hear it. Big news? Yeah, first of all, Hollywood Blondes are going to take on Ricky and Shane. For the what? King of the Ring? That's WWF. Uh, I mean, and that's Slam, w oh, excuse me, Slam Well, I already know that. Oh, but it's, um, and if you call my number, 900-933-7526, you would have found out about that this week. And, and the John, entire card. Yeah, John. Yeah. Um, by, by the way, what, what awesome matches are going to be in the King of the Ring? Do you know? Uh, I guess got Steiners and uh, Money, Inc. and Hulk against Yokozuna for now. And then we'll give you more as we find them out. 
212-477-5610. We'll be taking some rapid fire calls here, trying to get as many people in as possible while we're still on tonight. Robert from Valley Stream, you're next. How you doing, John? Good, Robert. That's good. Uh, first of all, I want to thank Paul Lee very much for hanging up on me last week. I was like one of the first calls. He hung up on you? When he, he said we'll, we'll clear the line. Oh, no. Um, you were waiting that long and then he hung up? Yeah, that was very nice of him. But uh, no problem. Anyway, <laughs> I just wanted to get your opinion. Uh, Lex Luger, do you think he's uh, been a bust so far in WWF? Or? I think so. I do. What's the, what are they going to do with this guy? Anything? I don't know. Maybe they're going to put a metal plate in his head. Real life. No. He's, uh, he's got that metal. I don't know. I think he's going to get a big push. I think he never impressed me, even in WCW. He never really. He, he never, never beat did. Flair. Although he had like ten chances to beat Flair, and yeah. Did. Yeah. What about Bret Hart? Do you think? Uh... Well, I heard something. Now let me let me. This is an interesting thing right here. Okay, I got the Pro Wrestling Torch today. Okay. And uh, this is what it reads. This is from the Pro Wrestling Torch. It says former WWF champion Hitman Bret Hart was interviewed on GMTV. That's over in England. Their uh, morning television program, April sixteenth, after referring to fans as marks. And then correcting himself, he talked about WrestleMania 9. Okay, this is a quote from, from Brett on this show that aired in England. Quote, I don't know why they took the belt off me and gave it to Hogan. I don't know why they let him have it. I don't see the logic. So he's, he's pretty unhappy about this thing. I don't blame him. Whether it, uh, whether it becomes a heel turn remains to be seen. But Brett is not a happy camper right now. I mean, he wasn't a closet champion. That guy wrestled everybody. No. You know, it's, uh, it was, that was really And he lovely. was building a good, you know, he was getting a strong fan base built up, and uh, people were beginning to respect him more and more. Uh, listen, we got to run. we only got about four minutes to go. I appreciate your call. Thanks a lot, John. Take okay. care. Some good ones there. I mean, Dave from Staten Island. Yeah. Tell him to calm down. Yeah, that guy yeah. was always, like, full of energy and wanting to deliver some scoops that everybody already knew. I like how you turn into a plug for your hotline. Well, if you called my hotline, <laughs> you'd have known that already, too. Yeah, and then the other dude, I mean, unfortunately, um, hey, Paulie pissed him off. What are you going to do? Well, it didn't sound like he was that mad, but he did like he didn't want to bring it up because I think he thought it was kind of funny because I think he also gets the whole thing, right? He's, yeah. He sounds like a pretty smart fan. Yeah. So I think when Paul hung up on him, he goes, dude, Paulie just hung up on me. Like, Yeah, I mean, but, you know. <laughs> I would be pissed if I was him. It's not like he couldn't have called back. You, I mean, I remember you had some time in between calls on the other one. I don't think it was yeah. just lit up. So You know what I'm really pissed about mm. right now? Mm. I'm watching this freaking Met game with the uh, $43 million man, Max Scherzer, coming back after a 10-game suspension for using too much rosin to create stickiness on his hands. Oh, I remember so Here he that. is. He's back, and... Um, uh, he's losing five to one in the fourth inning. He's given up home run after home run, and he looks like crap. Forty-three million dollars, and the other forty-three million dollar man, identical salaries, uh, will be pitching uh, tomorrow. Uh, we get to see Mr. Verlander, who uh, signed as a free agent, ninety million dollars over two years, and he hasn't pitched one game yet for the Mets. Tomorrow we'll get to see that old man play. How much does the rosin cost? Because it sounds like it could have saved a few bucks. Well, a rosin is legal, but they haven't specified how much you could use. Oh. And if you if you mix rosin with either sweat or some of the guys mix it with alcohol, it creates this stickiness that helps you 
pitch better or have more location and spin rate. When Max got ejected, the first inning of the game, he was horrible. And then he came out in the second inning, and all of a sudden it's lights out. And then the umpires, they check your hands, they check the glove. They said he had to change his glove, came out for the third inning. Uh, then when he came out into the fourth inning, he probably figured they weren't going to check him anymore. And that's the first thing they did. And they, they said that his hand was stickier than any hand they ever felt. <laughs> and they tossed him, and he, and he got a suspension for 10 games. And this is his first game back. Uh, you know, obviously no sticky stuff tonight, and he's being hammered by the uh, lowly Detroit Tigers right now. Dude, uh, I'm watching base- that in the corner of my eye as we're doing this podcast, and I'm uh, I'm getting very agitated because they lost the first game of the doubleheader today, and and uh, I'm not happy when the Mets lose like this. John, baseball is so much harder when you can't cheat. There's always <laughs> cheating. <laughs> They find a way. That's why I think it's so. It's so funny and crazy and ridiculous. When I was first hearing about the the Houston and the the drumming on the trash cans and stuff, I was like, "Yeah." When you're, I I mean, I don't know. I don't know an answer to it, but every time I hear the story, steroid problem. There was amphetamine problems. There was uh, corking the bats for a while. Corking the bats. It was. There's always been something rubbing the uh, ball against your belt buckle to scuff it up, uh, sandpaper. They always find ways to do it. I mean, and I, I'm fascinated by this uh, because I talk to John Gibbons every week on our podcast, yeah, The Gibby Show, uh, which, by the way, we had uh, Joe West, the umpire, on this past week. Just check out The Gibby Show at YouTube or anywhere you get you, your podcast. And we have Chris Bassett on the next episode, and he was a Met last year. And he's oh. a Toronto Blue Jays starter this year. So we bring on some pretty cool guests. And actually, uh, on the episode this past week, because it was in honor of uh, Cinco de Mayo, that I actually wore my Mil Moscris mask for uh, part of the <laughs> show. And I talked about, this is a good time to bring it up, even though it's a little off topic. Do you know what Ray Mysterio did uh, in Mexico? I was going to say. In Mexico, I saw he had the San Diego Padres. He gave them all like they, jerseys they did and masks. A series, and stuff. For the first time ever, Major League Baseball did a series in Mexico City. They played in Mexico before, but this was the first time in Mexico City, and it was the San Diego Padres against San Francisco Giants. Ray is Mister Six One Nine, so he shows up uh, with masks for everybody. Yeah, incredible. And it, it was a big story. It got a lot of coverage, and uh, Fernando Tatis and uh, Manny Machado were both wearing these masks on the field. Uh, before the game. So, so for Ray, and that's when I saw that, I was like, well, I'm going to put on my freaking Mil Moskris mask and yeah. show it to Gibby because Gibby was a, was a big wrestling fan. And uh, he talked about having his own Mil Moskris mask when he was a kid. That's cool. Yeah. I was born in San Diego and uh, the Padres were the first professional team I ever saw live. We went to all their games or like a bunch of games as far as I remember. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, seeing Conan and, and Mysterio both rocking San Diego Padres stuff all the time. I'm always yeah, like, they they're my guys. Padres. Yeah. They, as soon as Padres. I saw that they had the Mysterio masks that went with the jerseys, I was like, man, I want those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they gave him a bat. They gave him a full glove. And I mean, it was just kind of cool to see that. Yeah. And, Ray is such a respected guy, and the fact that he showed his passion for baseball by going to Mexico and making masks up for the players, that was kind of cool. So cool. I wonder if Ray, because Ray's had the same mask guy for a long time. 
Yes. I wonder if he had them make all of them individually for the, everybody. I wouldn't Probably be surprised. Did. Yeah. It's so neat, man. I don't know. It's cool. and he's an amazing guy. I've met him a couple yeah. times. Every time I'm like um, in awe of how good he is to his Genuine. Stuff. Very genuine and uh, deserving of every accolade he's ever gotten. One of the true legends of the business and someone who changed the business in so many ways. I saw him at Rumble in a restaurant. Uh, this was in 2019 in Phoenix. He was at a restaurant and he knew there were fans around. He didn't have his mask on and he was eating a sandwich. And he put the sandwich down in between and wipe his hands and look around. And when a fan caught eyes with him and like did a thing, he would wave them over. While he was eating, he was waving them to his table. And then he would go over and take a picture with them and goes, oh, and, and then like go back. Then he'd sit back down and have another bite and look around. Like he was in like it. Yeah. I, I couldn't well, believe that's, it. that's rare. I mean, a guy like that is rare. And uh, exactly. well, Max Scherzer just been pulled from the game. So there you go. <laughs> Thank you, Max. Five to one, first and third, one out. Did Thank your you, duty, Mr. Scherzer? You've earned your pay again. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I've, uh, the, to see someone do that in a restaurant, I was yeah. like, you'll never see that again from anybody ever. No, so. no. We got one more clip here. We okay. got Grady from Manhattan, followed by James oh, and Michael. Grady. Um, yeah. Uh, let's play those because even after that, the rest of the calls, I'll just even tell you now. There's who's Sting gonna face in the match? Right. When's Flair come back? Someone was at the Coliseum show and gives you the results. And then Scott asks about tapes from Japan. And that's kind of, that is it. So the show just became, you know, it was fine, but you know, you're just going through the callers and, and that was that. So this last clip's going to round out the show. Cause I love how it ended. Mm -hmm. A first time caller, Grady from Manhattan. Grady, you're next. Uh, hi, John. Uh, uh, I have two questions for you. Yes. Uh, first of all, um, what about Razor Ramon? Since uh, that he beat Bob Backlund, are they going to give him a push in the WWF? Uh, no, I think that was more or less to de-emphasize Backlund than to push Razor again. Oh, okay. And uh, my second question. I heard that the Night Stalker from, uh, I forget where he's from. Uh, was he's in Smoky Mountain right now. Yeah, well, I, heard, I heard he was going to WWF as he a, is. a vampire. Yes, he is. That's what, uh, that's what we've heard. All right, thanks. Well, thanks, Grady. Let's go to James and Michael from Paramus, New Jersey. Hello. Hi, John. Hi. Paulie dangerously also told us we could host the show, but we knew it was him. Well, maybe um, maybe someday your wish will come true. Two one two four seven seven five six. You gotta be kidding me! <laughs> I hung up on that kid. Maybe someday your wish will come true. Yeah, John Arezzi. Fuck those kids! Like, <laughs> wow, what a like... bastard I was. <laughs> Yeah, at times you're just all like. I was probably watching the Met game in the studio that night 30 years ago, and they probably were doing the same freaking thing they're doing right now. Yeah, what's old is new. In the bed. <laughs> but yeah, so that call I couldn't understand because like Paulie told us we could host too, but we knew it was Paulie. So you guys, they probably called in afterwards. Also said probably something. Said that to a lot of people. I think so too because when you mentioned that to him, hey, when we got here, there, you know, hey, when we arrived, there was a couple. He started laughing. He was already laughing. Like he knew where that was going. <laughs> there was a couple guys waiting outside. He just was like, "Great, someone did it." I, I told wish everybody. I knew hundred percent if there was if that actually happened. Oh, you think there's a possibility you just said it to mess with him? No, no. I would think that maybe it did happen. I would think it happened. Uh, but yeah, a couple of the children calling at the very end of your show, which goes on at eleven, wasn't it? Was it was an hour long? So this is almost midnight. Almost midnight, yeah. And that was clearly. An infant. <laughs> As a young, young kid. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, you rewarded just hanging up right on him. 
Yeah, maybe click. Look at this kid is uh, in the game. As I give one last final Met report, the replacement for Max Scherzer is a guy I don't even know who the hell it is. It's number seventy-one. His name is Zach Munchkinheimen. <laughs> my guy, dude. I never heard What's of him before. How did he show up in the major leagues? All and he gives up a hit, and another run comes in. Six to one. I'm shutting it off <laughs> right now. That's the end of the Mets for this evening. Thank you very much. It's been great to see you all. Wasting six hours of my day today by losing a doubleheader against the Tigers as the Braves keep winning. Thank you so much. It's good to see everyone. I mean, that's what the budget's for. That's why you pay the, the big bucks. for. Well, the at least players. I know I could go to bed even earlier now because I got to be at the airport tomorrow here in Nashville. At um, I got to get up at 3.30 in the morning. My flight leaves at 7. So I have to get up at 3.30 because I can't function unless I'm up for an hour and a half drinking a pot of coffee. And then I can function and, and leave. At least there'll be no traffic when I get to the airport at 6 a.m. That was my favorite part. When I was flying out of JFK or LaGuardia, getting there in the middle of the night was awesome because you yeah. could just get to where you were going. Yeah, yeah. And I have a three-hour layover tomorrow, too, in Baltimore. So mm. that's that's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun day. Maybe that's why I'm so fucking pissed off tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I used to travel so much. I had favorite airports to have long layovers in, but I don't think I ever stayed over in Baltimore. So, yeah, Baltimore, yeah. airport's okay. But anyway, I mean, we're, we're I'm sorry, I've just been diverted. My attention has been diverted today. It's on brand because this show, two one four May first, nineteen ninety three, was really strange as well, and yes. it seemed like it was all over the place. So I think it, I think it works. I think it's functional. So it was it was a good uh, it was a good show because my mood today probably mirrored what my mood was thirty years ago. That's right. It's what old, what's old is new again. That's the whole motto That's of the show today. We love about this show, don't yeah. we? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why we revisit. Imagine when we do this reunion with Sonny Blaze and Power Twins and Bruce Jacobs and Donnie all together. For the first time in 30 years. I bet you it's the first time that Sonny's going to have talked to the Power Twins in 30 years. It is. I can't wait for them to bully him immediately. I don't think there'll be much bullying in him this time. <laughs> if they yeah. try it, there'll be some fun. I just hope that, you know, Donnie can center his camera. If he's yeah, on. we'll have to get him on yeah. first. Should we send him a little tripod for his cell phone? You know what? I wonder. I think he's got an iPhone. Let me. I'll. I'll reach out to him and see. Yeah, because they have little tripods for your phone. You can get them like overnighted over there, and we can get them set up. Yeah, I mean, we could just do an Amazon. Boom. Yeah. Bada boom. <laughs> that's it. Well, that's something for everybody to look forward to, right? That yeah. reunion show. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I can't wait. Yeah, lots of good I stuff ahead, cool. my friend. Yeah. I think it's good. I think this was a good one. Uh, next week and the week after sound like they're going to be pretty exciting. So I'm I'm yeah. super, super excited about all this. Cool. Let everybody know where the hell they could find you on social media and what in the hell is going on in your life these days. Well, we just got uh, back to it with Wrestling on the Rocks. So that's on YouTube, uh, WrestlingOnTheRocks.com uh, podcast as well. And uh, you find me uh, with Medusa every week over at youtube.com slash queen of carnage and then i'm just hanging out with you i'm on twitter at ref marsh 
Instagram at Marsh Ref, and you can hit me up at any time. And we do want to get you on. We're going to have you to talk on, on Wrestling on the Rocks to have a drink or a smoke with us and talk some wrestling. We just got to figure out the right topic. Yeah, make sure I'm in a good mood. I don't know. I like sometimes when you're in a bad mood. I think it's fun. <laughs> I'll be on whenever you want me to come on, my friend. I think it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. It'll be a good time. All right, my friend. Thank you so much, and uh, you have a great week, and uh, we'll wrap this bad boy up. All righty, everybody. That will be the end of this particular program, uh, Pro Wrestling Spotlight, covering May 1st, 1993. I want you to join our private group at Facebook if you see fit to do so. That is uh, facebook.com slash Pro Wrestling Spotlight Podcast and Radio Show. The public page, which is doing very, very well, great content, lots of old historic pictures I post uh, every week, two, three, four times a week. That's facebook.com, John Arizzi's Matt Memories. There's a private group there as well, and we have that YouTube channel, which I certainly would love you to be a part of by subscribing to it youtube.com slash pro wrestling spotlight please subscribe to the channel today follow me on twitter at john arezzi instagram where there's so much content there as well that is at john arezzi as well and don't forget the sister podcast which is now available matt memories from madison square garden covering all the shows from the mecca of all arenas we're covering that april 30th 1973 show right now it's out and available for all of you you enjoy matt memories from madison square garden co-hosted by tim putre written and researched by richie garcia i want to thank our producer and creative director marsh and also thanks to those special patreon executive producers anthony pyrus and joe holloway and for each and every one of the patrons for your support helping with the production costs for this show until next week when we relive more history with you this is John Arezzi with a Pro Wrestling Spotlight.